Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Inside the world of NASA, there's new technology and science discoveries every day, but even this one is from an unusual suspect. Examinations of variations in star brightness last summer has discovered a new planet orbiting a different sun elsewhere in the galaxy. It was revealed in a paper submitted to the 235th American Astronomical Society meeting this past week. It's 6.9 times larger than Earth and is orbiting a binary star system some 1,300 light years away. The data that found the star came from NASA's Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, but it was analyzed and pointed out by someone named Wolf Kukier. And while that sounds like the name of a great scientist, and he did co-author the paper that announced the discovery, but it's actually a 17-year-old kid from New York who interned at the Goddard Space Flight Center last summer. (laughs) 17? 17. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think. When I was 17. Yeah. I mean, how long was he working there? Uh, like two months. He worked there all summer. When I was 17, the yeah. job I had, it took me seven days to find the men's room. <laughs> and he found What's a he, planet. A planet, yeah. So what did you do <laughs> for the previous six days when you had to go to the bathroom? I had a lot of water bottles. <laughs> no. Oh, no. And embarrassing times. Water <laughs> bottles and embarrassing times is what I had, Cliff. Yeah. A lot of folks don't carry cash, Cliff, anymore. But no, I'm among those. Yeah, I have maybe a couple of dollars, but no real cash. I think cash is wonderful myself. <laughs> well, yeah. But for some reason, doesn't seem to like me. <laughs> Probably the only person in America that cash doesn't like. I read this morning, Cliff, mm. last week at the Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah. Pampers came out with the Dirty Diaper Sensor and App. <laughs> you go to their website, pampers.com, yeah. and download this sensor or this app, okay. and you have to purchase the sensor. Okay. Do we really need this? That's my question. Because the other yeah. dirty diaper sensor that we have is our nose, <laughs> and it's absolutely free. Well, you have a... I mean, I understand that. You probably aren't all that up to speed on diaper technology. <laughs> no, it's not in my wheelhouse by no means. No, no. Is there, am I missing something? Well, you know that stuff inside that is absorbent, shall we say? Yes. It's it's the technology of that now is that some sometimes you can't really tell if it's wet or not. <laughs> and so in order to, you know... Keep your kid from running around with a soaking wet diaper. You need to know. Although I would think, I mean, I kind of go, I kind of go, I can see that. And then on the other hand, I'm like, responsible parenting would dictate that you check the diaper. Like, I don't know, once every half hour or so. Yeah, I think a (laughs) 14-hour break would probably be a touch too long there. Yeah. We'd in some ways, the criminal justice system in the Far East is not at all like it is here in the U.S. And in other ways, it's just exactly the same as in some small towns you might hear about in, say, 
Florida. Certain crimes in Singapore are punishable by caning, which you might imagine hurts like the Dickens because they're basically beating your backside with a big stick. And if you're sentenced to death in Singapore, execution will occur at dawn on a Friday by a process called long drop hanging. And perhaps yesterday, that's why 46-year-old Isham Kayubi did what he did. Kayubi faces four charges of rape and sexual assault in Singapore, where the victims are 14 years of age or less. Now, it's pretty easy to think that a man facing whatever punishment goes with those crimes would have, at the least, a nervous colon. But reports say Kayubi did indeed ask to be excused from the courtroom for a bathroom break. But the Morning Roadshow Department of Just In Time For Breakfast wants you to know that he didn't make it. And somehow, he not only pooped his pants, he ended up with it smeared all over his shirt as well. Courtroom guards offered the man time to clean himself and change, but when they refused, when, when he refused, they went all toddler mommy on him, saying, all right, if you're not going to clean it, you're going to sit in it, and covered his chair in the courtroom with plastic so the hearing could continue. <laughs> Even with a death sentence, yeah. just in time for breakfast, rears its ugly head. <laughs> It's like two days in a row we've talked about pooping your pants. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Let's try not to make it three. Can we not make it three? Please? Uh, Please? Maybe. Here's some news clips. It's, um, well, it's kind of happy and a little bit sad, I think, too. And what is that? Well, scientists now are working very diligently, and they yeah. say someday mm-hmm. they're going to come up with a pill for exercise. A pill for exercise? Yes. You won't have That's to exercise. You just... Swallow the pill. Okay. And that's all you have to do every day. And so basically this um, pill makes your body feel like it's been working out. And gives you the same benefits. Gives you the same fitness benefits as an actual workout. Now, if it works, eventually it'll be uh, amazing. Yeah. For me, the big question is, will these exercise pills be (laughs) bacon-wrapped? Because if they're not, I'm really not interested in them, Cliff. No matter how good uh, they could help me, I like a little why, bacon taste. With why my would pill. they not be bacon wrapped? Ah, well, I mean, if exercise becomes a moot point because of this pill, you could basically wrap it whatever you wanted to wrap it in. There's no excuse, is there? That's a, you're exactly right. Well, scientist, get on that bacon wrapped <laughs> pill. They've uh, done a huge study looking at the age when basically. Yeah. You're the most miserable you'll ever be. What age <laughs> that is. The, and it's extensive. I'm, I'm assuming they're taking all factors into account. Yes. All, all the health issues that you could have to deal with and all the financial things that you have to worry about and your children and your job and all that. What age is it that you're most miserable? Well, let me just say. Yeah. It was a 30-year study where they studied 8 million people, <laughs> so, so they've got some data on this. It's not like, you know, they interviewed 25 people and here's the results. No. Okay. The age that you're the most miserable, 47. Really? Yes. That's surprising. Uh, well, I thought so, too. <laughs> they say our happiness, yeah. age-wise, is like a U-shape. A U-shape. When you're 18, you're yeah. extremely happy. Okay. And then as you get older, you get yeah. more and more miserable through your 20s, 30s, and 40s. <laughs> Until you reach the bottom. At 47. The, the pit of misery is 47. And then you start getting happy again. 
And if you make it to 70, and that's the key, yeah. if you make it to 70, yeah. you're as happy then as you were when you were 18. And I'm crying BS on that one. Why would you say I that? I don't believe there's any way when you're 70 years old, you're as happy as you are when you're 18. <laughs> I mean, when you're 18, yeah. Yeah. it's all just starting. When you're 70, yeah. you're starting to get near the end of the chapters well, there. Well, I mean, I think you, you come to a certain realization, you know, there, I don't have much time left in this world, and you kind of live for the moment. Some people do that. You always talk about people who are going and doing new things in their 70s. And, you know, I think my mom would be a good instance. She really didn't have a big head joke about her son until she was 70. And now that's what she lives for. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. You know, Cliff, I really hope that um, Yeah. that's not what I have to look forward to, though, when I'm 70 is coming up with big-headed jokes. You know what I'm saying? Well, you don't have a big-headed son, so that's you're true. probably safe. You'll have something else. Well, hopefully. Out of the mouth of one of our wonderful listeners, Cliff, yes. he's famous and I think, um, I don't know about famous words, but truthful words. What's that? We were talking about the age at which you're the mis- most miserable, 47. Yeah. And we got a call that said, with legalized marijuana, you can be 18 anytime you want to be and be <laughs> happy. <right>. So <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And that's a good yeah. way to look at it. There's a restaurant on Franklin Street in Evansville okay. that I really, really, really like. Except yeah. for the small space they have trying to get into their booths. There's not a lot of uh, room there. Okay. You know, you just can't hardly get in there. And I think, and I've been into this place many, yeah. many times. Okay. I think, based upon the waitresses yeah. watching my struggles to squeeze into the booth, that's why they don't waste their time telling me their vegetarian dishes <laughs> that they have. I've been there several times, and I've heard them explain to other people around me yeah. the vegetarian dishes that the uh, establishment offers. Not once have, <laughs> have I you? ever been offered right. any of that. <laughs> and that's okay with me. It's just a waste of time anyway. You're, he's, yes. He's not going to order that. I'm never going to order that. Wait, if you're following the NFL postseason, you know that the Tennessee Titans, after a stunning win on the road in Baltimore over the weekend, are now just one win away from a shot at the Big Silver Trophy. And fans in Nashville will also know that the heart and soul of the Titans is its head coach, Mike Vrabel. And he wants you to know that that thing he said last summer was only a joke. Two of his players, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, produce a podcast called Bussin' with the Boys, and back in July, they sat down with their coach for a wide-ranging interview where they discussed Vrabel's playing days, his journey through the coaching ranks, through the New England Patriots organization, and now to take the top job in his first season with the Titans. Then Luan asked the coach a hypothetical question, which body part would he cut off to win his first Super Bowl trophy as a head coach? Vrabel's reply was that, he would use a knife to, shall we say, disconnect his private parts from his body. And then he said, his wife would likely volunteer to do it for him. <laughs> he now says he was just trying to make his appearance on that podcast last summer more fun. <laughs> what could be more fun than that? 
Mm-hmm. Ever since we mentioned the fog, we've been getting a lot of pictures sent in by text message yeah. to us here. And it, uh, well, our good friend, Nick from Otwell, he sent a picture in and said he's on Highway 61. Oh, over uh, right around Pike Central High School? Yes. That general area? And he yeah. said uh, it's really bad yeah. around that area this morning. Okay. And so, foolishly, I said... Well, how bad is it over there, no, Nick no. from Otwell? You asked Nick from Otwell how bad the fog was. And did you see his response? I have not seen his response. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. He's going to go home and get his thong with the flashing lights. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no. So if you're in Petersburg, no, I'd leave. No, no one wants to see that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see <laughs> Even that. Even if it is foggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cliff, there's a company in Finland that's claiming, and I say that loosely... They're claiming yeah. they've discovered a way to make food from air. <laughs> in Finland? Yes. So you can take air and turn it into food. That's what they're claiming anyway. Okay. And that way we can sustain ourselves as long as we have air. If we don't have air, it doesn't really make a difference anyway <laughs> well, whether we eat. Whatever. The, well, that's true because you know if you can't breathe, it doesn't matter if you can eat or not. doesn't matter. Yeah. Meanwhile, I yeah. did a little research, Cliff, and I found out that Mexico yeah. says it's going to stick with its idea mm-hmm. of making wind from food. <laughs> Here's Kelsey Ballerini. You talk about me doing stuff like that, and then there you go with a fart joke. The 2020 Chevy C8 Corvette Stingray. Yeah. It officially goes into production next month. Okay. They've already claimed that the top speed of this monster (laughs) is 194 miles an hour. I'm sure that there are probably, um, it's not in production yet is what you're saying? That's correct. I'm sure that there are probably prototypes out and about. Not here, of course, but somewhere. Well, in Bowling Green. Well, that's where the plant is. Yes, and that's where they have the, um, well, they're not ready for production, but they're made and ready to go. And last Wednesday, a yeah. couple of engineers there that work on these Corvettes. Uh, that's got to be a pretty cool job. It would be. Yeah. Named uh, Mark and Alexander. Mm-hmm. They did what most guys in their field would do. Yeah. They went racing down the streets <laughs> of Bowling Green, Kentucky in a 45-mile-an-hour speed zone. In two of the prototype C8 Corvettes. Yes. Now, yeah. Alexander got stopped for going 120, and Mark got stopped for 100. So I guess we know who won the race. <laughs> yeah. And then they went to jail. <laughs> so these two dudes are engineers at the Corvette plant in Bowling Green. Yes. And they grabbed a couple of the prototypes, and they went, let's go racing. And the only place that they could think to go would be the city streets of Bowling Green. Why not? Because, I'll tell you why not. Okay. Because there's a much better place to go racing. <laughs> you see, because immediately adjacent to their workplace at the Corvette plant in Bowling Green, Kentucky, yeah. there's a place called NCM Motorsports Park. It's part of the National Corvette Museum. It's a 3.2-mile road course specifically designed to show off the performance of the Corvette Stingray. They could have gone there. They probably got a set of keys. They kind of just called over to the museum and said, we want to come over and run some fast laps. And they said, we'll leave the gate open for you. But no! <laughs> Can't impress the chicks on the track, though, Cliff. They're okay. not watching you. <laughs> they could have they raced in a closed track. But 
No, they got caught and arrested on. Everyone say it with me now. One, two, three. Dumbasses. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. I'm all for going fast, but I don't want to get arrested. And it was right there next door. <laughs> Maybe they forgot. Really? May- well. <laughs> I don't know what their excuse is. Dumbass. Cuss cap, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, Cliff. What's that? Snoop Dogg's in the news. Snoop Dogg? Yes. We don't what's, usually talk about the what, dog, but we got him on today. What's going on with Snoop Dogg? He made a sandwich yeah. specially for Dunkin' Donuts' <laughs> new menu. So Dunkin' Donuts has a new menu. Yes. And I've had like a you know sausage biscuit kind of thing from Dunkin'. It's actually pretty good. But they got a new menu, and there's a sandwich from Snoop Dogg yes. on this menu. I'm a little afraid to... <laughs> Open that thing up and to see what's in that donut, Oh, Cliff. I can tell you what's in there. You know how Kentucky Fried Chicken has the uh, seven herbs and spices? Yes. Snoop Dogg sandwich, heavy on the herbs. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if his herbs glazed or not. Oh, no, that's your eyes after you eat it. Oh, I mean, yeah. Good point. In fact, it's just all herbs. It's a marijuana sandwich. Jimmy Dean. He's the answer to our Take It to the Bank this morning, Cliff. So, in addition to being a um, singer, actor, businessman, he was also the first guest host that Johnny Carson let step in when he needed to take a day off. On January the 14th, 1963. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Who would have? I would have never guessed that in a hundred million years, no. Cliff. No, no. Why would you pick Jimmy Dean of all the people in 1963? I mean, <laughs> the megastars were around back then, but they picked Jimmy Dean to yeah. do it. With all of that, you can definitely take to the bank. And how much did you say he was worth, Cliff? Uh, it was estimated his net worth at the time of his passing 10 years ago, $50 million. $50 million. Yeah. And I find it just a little freaky yeah. when they do his breakfast things on TV. That's right. <laughs> and I hear Jimmy Dean speaking. That's right, because even though Jimmy Dean has been gone for a decade, his sausage lives on. Well. <laughs> I guess that'll be the last audio take it to the bank we do. Cliff, anything said today? Morning Roadshow phrases of the day start with number three. They've only used it internally. <laughs> Number two, a nervous colon. The number one morning roadshow phrase for today, Jimmy Dean might have died a decade ago, but his sausage lives on. (laughs) AP, take me away. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.